This is a podcast for curious readers. Right. Welcome back, my literary friends. Kristen here once more with another episode of Book Pros. And on this episode, we have Emily and Lindsay discussing Emily's book swap pick, um, The Silent Patient by Alex Michelades. And em- er, Lindsay is the one who got her books. And so this is, this is the one she read. And so this conversation is all about that. And Emily and Lindsay tried to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, but if you've read psychological thrillers, which is what The Silent Patient is, you will know that that's nearly impossible. It's almost impossible to have a conversation about, um, like, yeah, a a psychological thriller without giving away anything. They tried really hard, and they did a really good job. I did try to edit around uh, some of their conversation just to take out some of the more spoilery spoilers. (laughs) So hopefully that, that works. But... You know, if this is a book you have on your TBR um, and you haven't read it yet, you can maybe skip this episode so you don't find out too much um, before you try to read it on your own. All right, um, I'm going to keep it short here in the intro. I got a sick kid, sick for the second time this month, so I got to go do that. We're, we're doing some Mary Poppins watching, so I got to, you know, that's pretty important. All right, I think that's about it. I am off to watch some Mary Poppins with my little sick kindergartner. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Alright, so all right, to kick things off, I will say that I do not have my book in front of me because okay. I give it to a friend to read. Um <laughs> And I've yet to get it back, so bear with me if I do forget some of their names, because I haven't, you know. But I do remember a lot of this for the most part, so I'm really excited to see, like, what you think about this. Yeah. Well, I have I have my copy, and it's tabbed. Woo! Fully tabbed. Um, just because I found, I think the last time we did the book swap, I thought it was nice to be able to come back to points or just to like highlight certain things that I wanted to remember you maybe just for me even but um, but yeah so but yeah so do you want to introduce the book or yeah yeah. I mean I don't I'm gonna mispronounce his last name is the issue the main character oh wait 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 do you mean like a summary or do you mean just like the title and that kind of stuff I mean, like, just, I guess, like, a, like, a, the title, and then kind yeah. of what it is, just yeah. like, and then we can get into it. Sure, sounds good. So, I had Lindsay, I gave her two books, one was Asylum Patient, and one, I don't completely remember the name, but it's basically, yes, Killer by Design, it's very excellent. Mm-hmm. I r- recommend that you read it at some point, but she decided to go with Asylum Patient, which I'm, I really can't wait to talk about this, but essentially there is um, a woman and she's been in a psychiatric hospital, I believe. Do they have a different name for it in the book? Um, I don't think so. I think that's okay. pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So she's been in a psychiatric hospital for the past 10 years, I believe, mm-hmm. because she's been mute after she ended up murdering her husband 
but there are many people in her life that don't really believe that she ended up murdering her husband. So there's this whole like mystery around it. And because she never decided to like talk about it and she's been mute since they can't really give like a full ruling as to whether or not she ended up murdering him. And the psychotherapists there have been trying to figure it out for years, trying to get like been getting, try to get her to talk. But there's like this new psychotherapist who I guess knows a lot about her case is very interested in her. So he applies to work at this um, psychiatric hospital and he gets the job and he ends up working with her and yeah he um he does a lot with her and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as well with his like love life and kind of how his marriage is somewhat falling apart and how he's almost relating to her in a way I feel yeah. so yeah what did what did you think well, first off, I think we have to decide whether or not we're going to do spoilers. Oh, that's a good, because like, <laughs> I feel like the end, the end is such like a shocking bit. That... Just, like the last 30 or so pages are just, you have, you just have to keep going through them yeah. because of the flow of how it's written. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to necessarily spoil because if there's anyone listening that is just intrigued alone by the story, I don't want it to be given away because I know that I would hate that if I yeah. were someone trying to, you know, pick up a book that sounded interesting from someone. But um, that's so very, we'll, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe we won't give the full hit away, but we'll just kind of dance around it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I like that idea. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so I, so personally, I know that you read more kind of mystery thrillers than I tend to. Yeah. Probably. Mm -hmm. I go more toward horror. Um, and like thrillers are like, some of them are kind of branching the line of certain types of horror that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like I read um, Children on the Hill by Jennifer, oh gosh, like Mick. Mick Mahone or something I think was the name that sounds right yeah. yeah and that one was very much a thriller but um it it was starting to bridge the gap of like certain types of horror um and so I was really excited because I've seen this book for ages now um and I know Kristen has read his other one The Maidens um yeah. did you read that one I actually haven't read it. I've been kind of eyeballing it for a little bit right now, but I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, haven't picked it up. Haven't yeah. gotten the Yeah. But I was excited because I was just like, oh, this is something that I would really like to read. Um, and so I was really excited to go into it. And the other one too, I will say just a brief thing, Pillar by Design. I really want to read this one as well because I watched Mindhunter on netflix yes, yes and it is such a good show some things directly correlate as well and i actually did end up buying she talks about in the killer by design she talks about one of her co-workers and i recently bought his book and i think it was published in the early 2000s so i want to see how they compare oh that's fun that's yes, fun okay, sorry. and i love that kind of stuff yeah it's just it's fascinating as heck to me so it's yeah. like i do really want to read that one um mm -hmm. and if we get a chance to chat about it i would love to absolutely um, but for Silent Patient, I mean, okay, I'm trying to think of where I want to begin. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. It's, 
it's interesting. It's um, it's like oh gosh. Okay. Well, I guess. Hmm. So you're introduced. Is it her diary first, or is it? I think it starts off with her diary because you're kind of like in her mind yeah. in a way at first. Yeah. And then okay. you're just kind of like brought out of that situation entirely because you're so I at least I was remember being so confused at the beginning of that book. Yeah. Being like, what the hell is going on right now? Great. It's one of those where we're just hopping in the middle. Um yeah. no, it's yeah, so you do start with a diary entry from Alicia Bernansons, which is her name. Um, and she is kind of going over I think an altercation she's having with her husband, Gabriel. Yeah. Um, and you're being introduced to her restricting herself of certain thoughts that she's refusing to, to allow to come out onto the written page. Um, yeah. And so you kind of are like introduced to that. And then you jump into more of like the main story that you're going to be following with Theo um which is the psychotherapist that goes to work with Alicia um and I don't know I mean I'm trying to think about like my first thoughts I think I was just trying to get into it and yeah. understand okay so what's happening um he gives a little bit of background of why he's kind of intrigued to work with Alicia um because more than anything, he's just drawn to the story. And I think he's yeah. just really gung-ho about wanting to get her to speak because that's yes. the whole thing. It's like, no one has been able to get her to speak after this supposed her murdering her husband has happened. Yeah, And she's just been mute. And so he's like, hmm, I kind of want to be the one to crack that. And so we're like, yeah. okay, best of luck. Um, <laughs> and Theo, like, he really presents himself in the beginning as somebody who like cares I feel yeah. like he at least I got that feeling from him that like he was just he actually cared about his work and helping people and like that kind of thing but yeah, <laughs> yeah no it, it it was um it was you got that um I think one of the really cool things was when he got into the story so <clears throat> alicia was a painter yes and that was like her whole life before she you know went through this traumatic event um she however after the murder of her husband painted a self-portrait <clears throat> of herself and it was extremely eerie from the years yep. of it um, and it's called the Ecclesiastes. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's about right. It's, um, it's based on a Greek tragedy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when they got into that story, <clears throat> talking about the, the, the Greek tragedy itself, you know, a lot of pieces start to put themselves together of what it's based on, um, and I love that kind of stuff in books. I love when the author has taken other stories or other base for like the reason why they're writing this story and they kind of flush it out between the characters and they talk about it it's just yeah. a cool meddling of worlds and like this 
overarching history of storytelling that's just like continuing to draw itself in new ways in, in our modern day a lot of times and just you know common books that are coming out but um it's just it's just really cool and um I will say for the the Greek tragedy it's pretty much just the story of the book by the end of it overall you you really see the full length of when they introduce this Greek tragedy to you of how it kind of correlates with the main arch of his book um that says written um but yeah so it's just it's just interesting I wrote um I wrote one little thing that I kind of after I finished it the other day I wrote mm -hmm. down never underestimate the minds of who we deem quote insane because yeah. they are the most intelligent minds of us all. Absolutely. And that is something that I have always believed when I started getting into more of true crime or more of serial killers and their histories, especially after watching Mindhunter. Um, yeah. Those people, while they are sick and twisted and they do unspeakable things, they are some of the most intelligent beings yes Ab absolutely it's like and it's almost like sometimes they're more aware of the universe than most other people are like our dynamics not just socially but like politically and just like so many different things about it and it's just it's borderline terrifying but oh, you know oh yeah you yeah, know definitely um and so let me see i'm gonna pull on some of my tabs and see what it was that I was thinking in those moments. So in the there's four or five parts, I think, in the book and total. Yeah. It's broken into parts. Um and so and something you're kind of drawing between Theo's story and then you get pieces of Alicia's diary throughout each part. Um and so you're getting these two opposing minds and these two timelines that mm -hmm. are happening. Um to get the full story and piece it together. Um, you're introduced in part one to Theo and his marriage and how his marriage is less than stellar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Figures, freaking figures. Of course that's going to happen. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you learn that his, his wife, I don't think it's too much of a giveaway because you know, it's just part of what happens, but she's yeah. having an affair and he finds out um and he's like glued to figuring out exactly why and he has these back and forths with himself where he's like i could let this go i could divorce her i could leave or i could let this go and i could just stay with her and i can make it better and we could figure it out or i can follow it <laughs> yes <laughs> he kind of does like all three he goes through the motions of all three. Yeah, he goes through, like, all the stages of grief. Like, he's, like, initially, like, just, like, in denial, not quite sure, like, what's going on or why it's happening. And then he's, like, you know, just processing everything <laughs> while he's acting. Yeah, yeah. And it's, too. And and so one of the, the little tabs I have is in the first part, Theo has met Alicia. He's gotten his job at the Grove, which is the hospital that she's at. Um, 
and he is talking to Yuri, who is Alicia's like caretaker, like his nurse, yeah. like her nurse essentially. Um, and he tells Theo to just go home. He says, go home to Kathy, who is his wife, who loves you and leave Alicia behind because he's already starting to kind of have issues and struggles with figuring out, oh, she's legit silent. Like I can't, yep. I can't penetrate <laughs> that. That's not happening. No. And he's having a hard time. And, but you're also kind of like questioning yourself as the reader of like, he's really, he's like really attached Yeah, <laughs> like from the yes. get go. He has changed his whole job to go work at this new place for this one person. And mm-hmm. it's just strange. It's just like, why? It's it's um, a tad strange. And it's also, I think it's like, when I initially was like reading this, all I could think in my head is he's a psychotherapist and she was an artist before all of this. Why aren't they trying art therapy right now? <laughs> why aren't they trying art therapy? Because that would be a perfect way to do this. You, yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous. Cause you're like, yeah, I mean, she, that is such a common form for creative minds yes. to kind yeah. of work through their traumas. <laughs> well, and like it's proven in like the text even where she, that, that is literally how she helped like process a lot of her traumas that she went through was by creating like all this kind of art and like some people thought it was weird but like she was processing through her art so I don't know how the dots didn't connect there I will say that I don't know I know that it is brought up art therapy but not until like the third or fourth part of the book like you're over halfway through by the time he thinks about hmm what if we get her to paint and yeah. you met, you meet the um the actual art therapist that works at the facility. Yeah. She hates Alicia. She fucking hates her. And she's mm-hmm. like, she's just like, and because she's jealous. And you learn yeah. that. Which, yeah, I mean, like, I, I you know, that's human. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, it is, her, okay. but... it's just like, so we're going to sit in a room for, you know, 50 minutes with this woman who's refusing to speak to you every single time and yep. you're just gonna sit there either in silence or you're gonna talk at her and yeah, yeah. She's, she's gonna speak eventually with that kind of logic no no are you kidding me like that would be oh just, like what the heck um I feel like that's the least effective way to try to get somebody to talk just keep talking at them like yeah. it's just oh my god but so you kind of, as you're moving through more of the story, um, you're moving through the parts, you learn more about Alicia's background and you learn more about her life and a lot of the tragedy that she's had to undergo. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it was the part when you're introduced to how her mother died. Um, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, indeed. Um, because her mother dies in a car accident but alicia's also in the car and you're kind of learning that story and you quickly understand that the mother was trying to kill the both of them in that Mm -hmm. incident um and she wasn't just trying to kill herself and she you know has to battle that kind of trauma as she's continuing to grow up and she's continuing to 
um, grow alongside her father. I won't give away that scenario of what happens with, with her father, but it's a, it's a real, it's another really sad moment. I know. I was going to say, I think people need to read that to find out because it's just like, I feel like even if I were to try to describe that moment, I would not be able to do it justice. Yeah. In, like, uh, you know, it's just like the feelings. There's a lot of lead up to it that um, the things that happen in that scene um, make a lot of sense for where you're at in the book um, mm-hmm. and the things that you've already learned from the background of everything else that yep. is important to that scene playing out. Um, but it definitely is one of the big drivers for hitting the climax of the story. Yes. I would say. Um but yeah, and I there so on the same card that I wrote about never underestimating the minds of you know what we deem them mentally insane. Um, yeah. there's a character in the book named Elif who is one of the other patients at the Grove. Yep, and she plays this kind of like very vulgar, violent kind of patient mm-hmm. uh, she I think murders her husband and her daughter I believe is like why oh, she's God, in there. Yeah. um but she's just she's very vulgar and that's just kind of like her whole thing yep um there is an incident that happens between her and Alicia once they finally are like hey let's get Alicia to paint yeah. <laughs> like, great there's an incident that happens between the two of them that puts Elif in the hospital. Um, and when Theo goes to visit her to learn about what happened, I was reading that scene and that's where I started to understand the kind of flip of the narrative because yeah. it was her character talking about like the attachment between Theo and Alicia that, and the kind of like, she was like, Oh, I just told her that you guys were just in love with each other and you were going and you were doing all these nasty things and whatever. And it was just like, obviously in her brain, it's like super heightened and it's like, yeah, but I was just like, but she could probably never believe the kind of relationship that they have with each other. And when I say relationship, I don't mean in a positive way. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely not. But that was kind of what got me to thinking when I finished the whole story and I went back and I thought about that moment and I was just like, this is why these people are so just fascinating to me because as the reader, you're just trying to make sure you're not missing any pieces in a story like this because everything's so important. Um, And so you're having to pay attention to every single conversation, every turn of phrase all of the things yeah there are certain moments throughout the book where when you understand what happens at the end that you go back and you think about and you're like oh my god right they were so minimal um that it was but it was right there staring in your face what was going to happen and 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 why yes after I got done reading this book I just remember sitting there and just having to process like everything again because the way the way that our narrators are so unreliable 
But like you think one narrator is the more unreliable one and then you find out that the scenario is flipped. Hey friends, it's Kristen back with some upcoming shop events. First off, we have our Intro to Tarot coming back. We've had this uh, event a couple times. It's very popular. Um, It's been so popular that Alexis has split it into two. So this one is just the regular beginning intro to tarot, and that will be Monday, March 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. It is $25 with your RSVP. Uh, You do get a tarot deck, lots of information and and, um, really good stuff to take home with you. Uh, If you go to our website, www.aaronsbooks.com, you can register RSVP and save your spot for intro to tarot, which is Monday, March 27th. Also, the following evening, This is not a class, um, but we have our first Tarot Tuesday, um, which is a monthly get-together, which is free. Um, It's not a class. It's not a tarot reading. It's like a social gathering, a book club, but without the book for people who just want to get together and talk about all things metaphysical and tarot and um, all that kind of stuff. So if that's you, if you're into that kind of thing, make sure you go to our website, RSVP. You don't have to pay anything, but just so we know that you're coming. And um, yeah, there'll be refreshments. It'll be a really great time. So make sure you sign up on our website for that. That's Tarot Tuesdays. It is a monthly gathering, the fourth Tuesday of every month, starting this coming week on the 28th. Also, coming up in April, we have we will have the very first of our little reader story time with Alex. On the first Monday of every month, starting April 3rd at 10.30 a.m., we are having a little reader story time. So bring all our little friends, stop at the park, feed the ducks, get some coffee, come to the shop, and have a story time with us and with Alex. Um, you can check out our website for more information, www.aaronsbooks.com. And don't forget about our monthly game night, which are the third Thursday of every month. They do It does require an RSVP because we are demoing and playing specific games um, in the evenings. These games are geared more towards adults and there is limited seats, so be sure to RSVP on our website. And as an added bonus, um, any games sold in the store that night will be 10% off. So if you're interested in a game night, make sure you go to our website and sign up for that as well. All right, that's all the news for this week. Let's get back to the podcast. She, something happens with Alicia at the end of the book and like, it's important, <laughs> but yeah. um, I don't know. I We can decide, I guess, whether or not we want to keep it in. And Kristen yeah, can sure. edit it out if we want. She speaks and she starts talking. Um, and she finally is telling her story to Theo verbally. Yeah. And the way that this, this moment shook me. (laughs) Absolutely shook. I was like, "Uh, (laughs) what is going on right now? I was, I like, is it true? Like what she's saying to him from what I can understand I couldn't piece it together after everything was known. Yeah. Um, If what she was telling him was the full truthful story, because that was the big almighty question. Is she telling the truth? Yeah. Is she being honest? I honestly, I, I believed her. 
I I think I wholeheartedly kind of believed her in that moment. She just seems like she got so overwhelmed in a moment and she was probably so disoriented. And I don't I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like it might be sound weird for me to justify her and like what she was doing, but yeah. the whole situation is just so messed up. It's it's almost hard to decide like who's right and who's wrong in the scenario. It's like a moral delay. Very much so. It is. It's that entire idea of believing women. And this is so important. Um, But, and I think too, is like when she's telling him her story, because you, you get it in her diary, you get it. It's a longer drawn out way in that format. But with her saying it to him, um, she's like, she's, I think it's been, I think it was like seven years that she hasn't spoken. I think it was like the time frame of it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like, yeah, somewhere around Yeah. There. And you think about all of these things that she, she's had so much time to ponder. Yeah. Um, that by the time she's finally able to say it to someone, regardless of who it is, mm-hmm. she why wouldn't she right to get it out at Mm -hmm. that point it's so pent up it's so just bubbling yeah in my head yeah like i would i would believe her because it it, it's yeah that she didn't she had control for what happened but at the same time for how it got to that moment was not in her control no (laughs) well and i think like especially because I don't, I don't consider her guilty in any way because of just how much shock she probably went through initially that made her become mute. Like that is a whole other level of just trauma that I don't know. I feel like it's difficult to even probably describe to somebody unless they've gone through it. Yeah. Not that I have. (laughs) Right. Right. Like in the way that I don't know how do you how do you even describe that scenario to somebody without especially especially because majority of the caretakers at the psychiatric hospital are men and so that just like causes a whole other issue in and of itself because a man I I'm gonna go there but you know what they're gonna be not as likely to believe a woman and just think that they're hysterical Mm -hmm. especially these men oh yeah it's a whole other thing that I was thinking about the people that work at this place suck they're all horrible people yes it's (laughs) kind of a wonder that like she's not in like a better facility facility to begin with yeah yeah it is it is strange but it's just like I don't know Mm -hmm. I just yeah I mean at the end of the at the end of the day it's it's a survivor story in my opinion um i think the entirety of her story is just heartbreaking and soul crushing um but you get like the juicy bits of a thriller you get yeah. you know the kind of mystery of what happened and so <laughs> if that's like your kind of thing that's fantastic but it's also just extremely real it felt very real um, it did feel really real I will 
Yeah, I'll absolutely agree with that. It felt like it could have been like another like true crime story. Yeah, it, oh, very much so. I'm, I'm very impressed by um, the author and his ability to kind of do that. This was his first book. Yes. That he came out with. And it's a, it's a banger. Like it's a good one. That's yeah. fantastic for to be able to do that. Um, I just, well, yeah. Was, I was, yeah. Sorry. No, go there ahead. There was even talk. There was even talk about him potentially doing like uh, a potential like prequel to that book. Interesting. Um, kind of detailing more of Theo's life. Yeah. Um, which I think would be like an interesting spin to take. Either that, like either do a prequel or obviously a sequel, like kind yeah. of life after what it's like after. I but be. I almost like the mystery that he leaves you on, like not yeah. really completely like part of me is so irritated by that. But part of me is like, I, in this instance, I am okay with kind of being left on the sort of cliffhanger. This yeah. is the kind of book where a cliffhanger is almost necessary. They do, don't you? They, they, they <clears throat> yeah. Because when I finished it, you know, you kind of assume the next step of what's going to happen. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that, okay. Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen but at the same time thinking about it you don't know yes they're sitting in this room things are being said out into the open air mm -hmm. and it feels like everything's kind of finally coming to an end stop and yet you don't know this person yeah. that is at the end of the book is extremely manipulative and extremely aware of scenarios they like for you to believe that they are, you know, able to work around a situation and be able to be ahead of it. But they're also kind of in that moment of that scene telling you, oh, no, they screwed up at some point because now the other party is one step ahead and now yeah. they're screwed. And it's yeah. just like, but are they? <laughs> but are no. <laughs> so... It's just, it's just crazy. Um, it is. Honestly, that adds even more to have to think about now after finishing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Having a great combo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were like some other little things. Some of the characters I freaking hated, but, um, and that's fair, but. I just feel like in every book that I read, there's going to be at least one character that I just absolutely cannot stand. Yes. Oh my God. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. There was one thing and I don't know if you'll remember because it's been a minute since you've read it. Um, mm -hmm. Diabetes, who's the like head of the hospital. Yeah. Um, he's like the big guy. Yes. Um, he ends up retiring at the end of the story. He leaves. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, which was kind of strange to me. But the most strange thing is this imagery that was brought back at the very end paragraph of the book that drew upon something that happened earlier mm -hmm. um, where Theo is talking to Diomedes early on in the book in his office or something. And they talk about the weather and they talk about how outside it looks like he says, it looks like it's going to rain. And Diomedes is like, no, 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 that's snow. He was just like, I'm going to tell you right now, that's snow. He was like, I know, I know the weather. I know how things work or whatever. And you're like, yes. oh, okay. <laughs> yes. sure. 
the end paragraph, the character in that scene is catching snowflakes. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to piece that together because I'm just like, there's something there. So I read a little blurb. Um, I haven't personally read a whole lot of Ernest Hemingway, but apparently the author kind of does take a lot of inspiration in, I don't know if it's all of his books or necessarily this one, but he takes a lot of um, inspiration from the way that Ernest Hemingway talks about weather and how that indicates different like um, scenarios or feelings or overarching themes, I guess, within the book. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting to read afterward. And I was like, I kind of almost wish that I knew this in the beginning so that I could pick apart like the weather changes and all that kind of stuff. Cause they do talk about weather a lot. They do. Yeah. They do. So I don't know. That's something, something to little think about, you know, it's something to think about. Yeah. For anyone. And yeah, I mean that Yuri's character too. I was also just like, what, what are you? I was like, yes, what? yes. It's I was it. like trying to figure him out. I'm like, I feel like you're either supposed to symbolize something, yeah, or I don't know. Like you play a greater role somehow. Yeah, because he's like he's really proud of being Alicia's caretaker, like her nurse, or whatever. He's very proud of that throughout yeah. the entire story. There's a bit of information you learn later on about what else he's doing in the in the hospital, mm -hmm. but apart from that, it's just like. You don't get much else. I just no. feel like he introduces these really interesting characters. And then sometimes you don't almost don't get to see enough of them to really understand why they're interesting. Yeah, I think too. It's just like, I feel like this book in particular, it was really easy to finish it and then be like, okay, it's one of those stories I can walk away from and I've read it and I know it. But yeah, now yeah. thinking more about it and these questions about like imagery and characters and their function and throughout the story, I think it would be a really interesting one to go back and reread and yeah. to see if you pick up on any more notes that might have been dropped along the way for where things end or any more lines that can be drawn. Um, because there are so many parallels that could be happening. Mm -hmm. All the paintings with yes. you know, a lot of the back and forth timelines, um, mm -hmm. the characters themselves, and they're like weird attachments. And it's, any like the tiny little clues that could have been indicated earlier that like I just never caught on to. A reread is almost definitely worth it with this book, I feel. Yeah. I caught on to some stuff throughout. There were some moments that um, made me question what was gonna what was happening yeah uh, there were some um second person moments in there yes. where you was used mm -hmm. not in a diary scene nothing with like between two people talking but directly to the reader yeah and, and I, I was like, like I was like, mm, I'm being talked to right now. What is going on? And, but it wasn't consistent. It was like yeah. a, a one-off statement. Yep. And I was like, is that allowed? <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? Are you even allowed to do this? <laughs> this isn't, this isn't right. Mm, um, something smells fishy. <laughs> but no, I mean, overall, it was a really fun read. I had a good time. Mm -hmm. I... I enjoyed the ride of it. I enjoyed the climax of it. I, yeah, I was, I sat down, I read this, I think in like a week. Um, okay. <laughs> I remember 
early this in this past week and I just sat down and I just finished it. I had like a hundred or so pages left and I was like, mm-hmm. no, I have to sit here. I don't have to finish it. Because it's keeps you in. Like yes. I had to force myself to go to sleep some nights where I was <laughs> like, no, I want to stay up. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to stay up and finish this right now. Yeah. Go back to the old so, Wattpad days. So yeah, anyone that's been questioning, I get a lot of customers coming into the store that since I've been, I wrote on the, our, what we're reading board that I've been reading the silent patient and people have asked like, Oh, how do you like it? I've been so curious about that book or whatever. Just pick it up. Literally. Just pick it up. You don't, I feel like sometimes even going into this book without knowing any past knowledge, I mean, please listen to the podcast, obviously. But, um, you know, just going into this book, even without any past knowledge, you're in for a good ride. Like, you don't need to know anything. Absolutely. It's it's a very, he has done a fantastic job building this story and crafting it and not missing yeah. the beat of it. Um, yeah. I, I'm intrigued to read The Maidens. I want to kind of get maybe another point of view from his writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like it a lot. So I would enjoy that. I would just, have you always kind of been into like mysteries. So, actually, Bailey's recommendation for me to read the Lucy Foley book. Okay. Um, yeah. That was like my first like traditional mystery that I've ever read. And okay. I've just kind of been getting more into the genre since then. But like I've always, a lot of my books have always included some sort of like mystery element to them to begin with. Because I just kind of like, you know, it's like a nice little thrill to figure out, not necessarily like, you know, who done it, but, you know, where, where are the next steps that we need to take to be in the right place? Or like, I don't know, mm-hmm. some, the mystery elements of not knowing many things in fantasy books, yeah. fantasy, I feel like in mystery mesh well together. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I, I, I would agree. I, you know, I think after reading this, I want to read a few more. I know you read Malice House too. And you said that one was very good. And it almost yeah. read horror and like thriller. Yeah. First, but yes. Yeah. Uh, Malice House was probably my favorite book of this past year. Yeah. Maybe besides Crescent City too. I believe that also came out last year. But um, yeah, Malice House was, that was just like a beautiful book. I think that's just one of my top books from now on, I believe. It, okay. Cause it's kind of philosophical too. And that just kind of like ate at my heart a little bit. And I was like, okay, all right. You're being really bittersweet right now. And it hurts. (laughs) That's really interesting because I, that one popped up to me at some point on some form or whatever. And I read the synopsis of it and I was like, oh, that sounds really good. Like that's something I would be interested in reading, but that's a really interesting perspective to hear about it from you. Um, So now I'm even more intrigued by it. (laughs) I recommend 10 out of 10. From the people who sell you actual books in a real-life indie bookshop comes a podcast all about books and the love of reading. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram, at Erin's Books. Our points are are done. (laughs) You guys are done? (laughs) Yay! I didn't hear any of it. I just want to ask you a question for a sec. You read um, his other book, The Maidens right? I did. Mm-hmm. Did you like that one? I did. I, 
I dip my toe into mystery and like psychological thrillers, um, kind of like in between other um, yeah. other genres that I read, just for like just as a kind of like a palate cleanser. <laughs> So, yeah, so I read The Maidens, and I hadn't read any of his before. I had never read Silent Patient or anything. So I read The Maidens, not knowing anything, but as its own psychological thriller, I really liked it. I don't really have anything to compare it to of his, because I don't, it was the only one I ever read. It was like